One, two, one, two. There you go. Det var lige, at sidder og strikker hele tiden. You have to focus. Um, what a nice uh, worship service so far. Uh, you can turn me down a little bit. I can hear. Yeah, I'm making sounds. <coughs> yeah. Um, what a nice worship service so far. Because everybody's talking about what I'm going to talk about. So it makes it a lot, a lot easier to transition into. Uh, but you can go to... Uh, Acts? No, you cannot. You can go to Galatians because that's where we are. Um, and uh, we're in this uh, sermon series in Galatians, and today we will be in Galatians one eighteen through twenty four, which I titled "Before God, I Do Not Lie." And and I think we will just start with reading, and then we'll catch us up with where we are in in the passage. This is Paul continuing the thought he has had for from 11. So this is a continuation of Paul establishing uh, that he got the gospel he got, he got that directly from Jesus, and he didn't um, get it taught by other, other people. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They are only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. So uh, just a, we're, this is kind of the This is the area of the Mediterranean, Europe, that the, all these things are happening in, mostly down here to your right. Uh, and this is like Roman Empire at this time. Uh, the numbers are how many armies or legions they have in this uh, different areas. This is just setting up where we are. Um, Paul is from Tarsus in Cilicia. Um, and so he grows up there, and some of you know that his name is actually, he has two different names, a Greek and a Roman name. Uh, he goes by Saul in the beginning, and that becomes changed to Paul after he becomes a believer. So he's actually called Saul of Tarsus in the beginning. He grows up <coughs> going to a very strict school in Jerusalem under a famous uh, teacher called Gamaliel. Uh, and uh, he because he's very selfish. He really hates anybody who who uh, who doesn't keep the law. And of course, you can't worship people. So when he hears about Jesus, uh, who he doesn't believe is the Christ, uh, he starts persecuting the church. Uh, as as also um, Joseph was saying earlier, he is at this. He is present, approving of the stoning 
where they throw stones. They don't, yeah, throw stones, <laughs> throw stones on, on the. That's not funny, but uh, throw stones on Stephen until he dies. Paul is a part of that, and there's a lot to suggest that that's not, only, not the only time, uh, because other times he also says that he was part of doing that and having people blaspheme so they they could get killed. That's who Paul is until until he is met by Jesus and Jesus is asking, "What are you like? Why are you persecuting me?" And Paul says, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm Jesus, the one whom you're persecuting." His life is totally changed after he's blind for three days. He gets prayed for. His eyes are opened. He receives baptism, and he starts talking about who Jesus is to the people. So he is very much changed. Um, that's what those slides say. Um, but Galatians is a very early, very early writing uh, of Paul. <coughs> and so when some people would say, oh, nobody knew about it's the development that Jesus is uh, the Christ or Jesus is God is very, very late. I'm like, No, it's not. It's some of the first writings. Let's say that. It's not made up in John's Gospel. This is Paul writing this very early. Uh, and he's writing to the Galatians, which is not, as you saw on the map, it's not a city. It's an area. And it's written to be disputed, to be uh, sent around to the different churches uh, so that they will all gain from this. Overarching theme in, uh, we'll get back to that. Overarching theme in Galatians is that the Galatians, Paul had been there with um, Barnabas and a lot of a lot of Jews and Gentiles has responded and have believed that Jesus is the Christ. They've, they've received the gospel and they live it out even so much that they're persecuted. But now Paul gets sad news that they are starting to depart from that. Uh, sliding away from believing the gospel and and be- believing they have to do different works to uh, to gain right standing with God. Well, that's what the the overarching thing is uh, that we have this beautiful introduction where he, he explains the gospel very well, and then he admonishes them that they have re- departed from it. And now Paul in this section is is establishing why he can teach them because other teachers has come. And Paul needs to explain why he can teach, and his teaching is true. And it's because that's Jesus that's taught him, and not by people and tradition, against the people that are teaching opposite of what Paul's teaching. Now, today's today's uh, sermon has uh, about two and a half points or three points. Um, the, the The first point is is the the first point is is Paul is establishing his right to teach as an apostle. He continues to do that. Um, the second point, point, we're going to talk about lying, um, uh, which Paul actually talks about a little bit uh, most of the time when he has to explain why his teaching is true. He will say, in Christ I'm not lying about this. Um, and then the third one is the the last part. How how to live so that other people glorify God because what God has done in you. So it's kind of the three points. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go through those. Um, 
So, I was just reminded about Matthew 5 when um, when um, where Paul uh, where Jesus is saying you need to let your light shine before others so that even unbelievers will give glory to your father who is in heaven uh, that's a pastor I always thought was like very curious because how can people that don't believe in who God is how can they give glory to God I'll come back to it and I've only experienced it one time in my life but I'll come back to that a little bit later <coughs> um, yeah so the first part it's uh, three years pass so people would say well why is he saying three years well he's saying, he's saying three years passes because the underscores that he wasn't taught by the apostles or other people um, and so then after those things happen he goes to meet with Cephas and you're like who's Cephas well that's Peter um, and he was with him 15 days why 15 days well because in 15 days he couldn't be taught the things that Jesus has taught them taught him earlier if that was three years he also says I didn't see all the other uh, disciples and apostles I only saw uh, James the half brother of Jesus and then he comes to the part where he says um, where he stops to make this great point that he's not lying I'm like it's interesting he has to say that but he's writing this letter to them uh, with his team of people remember um Paul might be the voice of uh, of everyone, but often Paul is not alone. He he travels around with people, a team that that believes the same thing. So it's not like Paul's alone made this up. The the team has the same gospel, and they preach that to the people. So people, but still Paul has this. Still Paul feels like he has to stop there in the middle and say what I'm writing to you and then he appeals uh, he appeals to God I don't lie I think Paul points out some a lot of things about lying is that in this situation why would Paul lie like Paul would lie because he would want them to believe that what he's saying is true uh, and not like the other people so he could lie because he wanted to gain something he wanted to gain the followers or something uh, but, but Paul he, he jumps ahead of that and said like no I'm not lying and not only am I not lying I also know that God listens to what I'm saying my life is lived before God and therefore I'm not trying to I'm not trying to persuade you of everything that is a lie and I know that my life now is lived before God who knows whether I lie or not so he calls God into be witness saying not only am I not lying but before God I'm not lying so he calls the attention to like I'm not trying to tell you something that's not true and even if I was, I will, I, I'm going to appeal to God that it is not, that it is true. Because I go, no, God knows what I'm saying. And he knows I'm not trying to lie. So that's the thing that Paul starts with and, and, and tells them, like, you, I've told you now for 
for this time that the gospel I got is the one that Jesus taught me. I was taught by Jesus. And therefore, it is his gospel. It's not man's gospel. And he concludes it with pointing to God, saying, God's my witness that I'm not lying. The interesting part, if we should talk about, because as we're going through Galatians, we'll tackle different different false false gospels and so I was like maybe sounds a little strange but what is the gospel what is it that the what is it that lies promises as a gospel in other words why do you lie or why do I lie what is it that it, there's a promise what what do we we talked a little bit about it we said well Paul could be lying so that they would believe him um so, yeah, what do we gain by not telling the truth? What do we gain or what do we avoid? Today, we've heard a, lot of, heard a lot of people have been talking about fear. Could it be that often we might be tempted to lie when we fear something? We fear this will happen. We fear that could happen. So we might come up with a lie so we think that that is not going to happen. So we will, there's a the whisper of the lie that will be good is that if you say this, then you will avoid this. The other side is, if I say this, that's a lie, I will gain this. So the, the, the premise of the lie sometimes is that like I will avoid pain, I will get something I want. The question is, does that hold up? Practically, if we lie, do we get those things? Will we actually be freed from pain and the consequences? Will we actually gain what we're trying to gain? And will those things satisfy and last? Now, what we're doing when we lie is that we make up or construct a world that doesn't exist. The word is called, well, we'll come to the slides with the word. But we make, uh, I think this is where the, the, the word pseudo comes from. We make a pseudo false world that doesn't exist, where it, that's constructed by our lives to avoid something or to gain something. Now, that, that world doesn't actually exist, but we might make it up for our purposes. Now, the problem with making up a world is that it has to be sustained somehow. So often one lie don't stay one lie. Because a world that doesn't exist has to be continually made. So often one lie leads to another lie, to another lie, to another lie, to another lie to keep this thing going. The same thing over here. This false world that we have constructed. Now then... (laughs) Like I, I didn't compare. I didn't. This is totally just me making up stuff on the spot. Uh, <laughs> but let's hope it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, us having to carry a whole world that doesn't exist doesn't seem to be freedom in Christ. That seems like we put a burden on ourselves for something we can't do. We can't maintain a false world that doesn't exist. There's only one who holds the whole real world, and that's Jesus. 
None of us has the capacity to do those things. So all the things that lie, the gospel of the lies, you can avoid pain or avoid shame or guilt. or You can gain whatever you want to gain, riches, fame, whatever. I'll just lie on my resume. <laughs> That's been a lot in the news lately. And then people find out and they get fired and shamed on the internet. Well, that maybe wasn't so smart to lie about then. <laughs> Because then this world came, comes crumbling down and they have to live in the real world again. So what the liar promised, it cannot deliver over time. Now the thing that gets more scary or more serious is who is called the father of lies. And what does lying do to us? People would say often like, oh, but it's not, you know, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. There's many, very, very few times that lying has proven to be well over time. I was going to just talk about bearing false witness as well because that's, Sometimes when we talk about God, it's about bearing false witness about who God is. Not maybe necessarily talking about uh, lying about who God is, but it's not bearing false witness. Not just not telling the truth, which is also a lie. But that's a different word, but you can go with that. The thing is that what we've learned in Galatians already is that when we depart from the gospel, when we depart from the goodness of Jesus Christ in the real world, by trusting in something else, we depart from Jesus. So God is the truth, and so is Jesus. When we make up a new world that doesn't exist, we will automatically depart from God. We will depart from the gospel of the truth of who God is, and that Jesus also says he is the way to truth and the life not having to contract a world where we decide what we want other people to see or hide or what we want to gain for ourselves and both of them cannot last anyway when we lie we Reject the good news of the gospel that Jesus is enough and he will be with us in our pain. He'll be with us in our troubles. We deny that Jesus is enough so we don't have to go for shameful gain and things that we think will satisfy which will not. Lying is not the gospel. The father of lies is the devil. Promising things that won't deliver. Whispering to all of us that if we would just depart from Jesus, then things will be better. And that is an evil, demonic lie. Things will not be better 
if we create our own world and continue to do it, something that we cannot even hold. I think we will go to those slides now. Like, so this guy talks about this word. Pseudomai. <clears throat> That's what it is. It's pseudo. Uh, it, means, it means to lie, and it's in Paul's writings, like I said. Um, he said, I speak the truth. I'm not lying in Christ. Uh, and he, 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 he explains that to people. Um, um, yes, I think this is very, very important. That for Paul, lying is a mark of the old nature and must be put off. That if you, before you knew Christ, you were a notorious liar. As you get to know who Jesus is, that needs to stop. Because that is something you did when you didn't know who the truth was. It is a sign of what was before. Uh, and he says there in Colossians, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with his practices. It's this picture of taking on the old self and then putting on the clothes of Jesus. This is their power. Lying does not come from God, but from the devil, the father of lies. And instead, the author of Hebrews says it's impossible for God to lie. So you have the father of lies, and then God cannot lie. Because he's the truth. For God is light, and there's no darkness in it at all, from First John. And so when we lie, when we do sodonomia, it's the opposite of who God is. And therefore, lying is not good. I mean, I don't think, what? The guy said lying's not good? No, I know that, but <laughs> that's not kind of, I'm not saying that you don't know that. Now I'm saying why it is not good. It's because... God cannot lie, and the evil one always lies. And if we are new in Christ, we should not try to do what the evil one wants us to do and be a false witness to other people. And not only that, I think the issue also becomes that as God is, <clears throat> the way God is presented, and even like, can I trust this person? Um, can you press a button on the TV? Because I'm going to lose the screen. No, just the TV remote. This TV. Yes, if you just go uh, press the button. Thing. Yeah. Thing. Um, yeah, that... That as we construct this world, God's not amazed by us that we constructed a world, a, a, a new world, and God's not fooled. We might fool, we might be very good at lying, and we might fool all the people. But as as Paul whole as Paul's whole call is that God is not fooled, and so if we are to live before God, then we might get away with it for some time. But God's not like, oh, oh, you really fooled me. No, he knows. 
and we just showed that we don't really trust or fear has overcome us or whatever made us lie. And also, I think also a lot of times lying is not helpful for other people because people are like, what about like small little white lies? It's like, why, why, why don't you tell the truth in love instead? So that people don't go on TV thinking they can sing, for instance, because everybody said they could and they can't. Wouldn't it be more loving to say, hey, thank you for your passion. Maybe you should take up chess or, or something else. Like, I'm not trying, I'm not trying, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be like weird, but I think it just shows that if you tell people a lie all the time, they will believe it. Like you, I don't know, I'm sorry about picking out the shows, but the person comes out, they can't sing, they can't do anything, but, but my parents and everyone told me I'm amazing, yet they lied. And unfortunately, you believed it. Sorry, it's just, I, because I, I don't think that's love. It's not a loving, it's not loving to tell something that's a lie. It's loving to love them enough to say, hey, maybe you're good at something else. That's loving. Um, I got myself derailed with all the things. Um, yeah, God's not fooled. Like, God's not fooled, and I don't really think God wants us to, like, to tell people, and, and this is all, we've had this sometimes, or not, not sometimes. I, I, I had a friend who, who got so encouraged in the church, and he was like moving towards this one education, and just before he took it, he was like, I don't know, I, I'm not sure this is me. But everybody at the church said, like, you're going to be great, you're going to be great at this. And he was like, I don't, I think maybe he even took the first year, and he's like, this is not me at all. And so people trying to be encouraging was encouraging him in something that he wasn't gifted at and he wasn't good at. So I think when we, when we want to encourage one another, love one another, the first thing is don't lie. You might actually steer people the wrong way. Like you're amazing with kids and five kids die. Five, five kids die the first time you are, have them in school. Like it's like, um, yeah, just to be to speaking the truth in love and loving people enough to, to tell them the truth without being like mean about it the problem also with lying is that then people might look at us and be like you just lied like how can I trust you how can I trust what you say about Jesus even for our parents like even for kids for the kids like, uh, do I want to put a little <laughs> more controversial things? <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, uh, so, okay, so my wife says I should go, but it, in our house, it's no problem. In our house, it's not an issue because we've never done that. But, and this also is some of the personality that I have is that I really want our kids to trust what we say. So we've never done Santa Claus. 
We've never done that because I don't want to, I don't want to tell my people, my people, the small people, I don't want to tell them that something exists that I, later on I have to tell them, just joking, <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> and now everybody, now everybody thinks you're weird because you still believe that. Like I, I just think there's, we have so much to tell our kids about Jesus, about the Bible that most people around us don't affirm. So how about we just tell them those things and we don't need to make up more things. Uh, because it's at least that's that's just uh, the thing. I don't, yeah, that that we are trustworthy people. That we're trustworthy as uh, as parents. That we're trustworthy as believers. So, like, if if like you have a, a preferably you don't have any trouble with your uh, neighbors or something, or or and so that the people can trust that you're not like. No, I'm not. That they can trust what you're saying, like in, uh, the, yeah, no, state of point, state of point. Um, that we are trustworthy people that don't lie, and people can trust what we're saying. That people will believe when we give them a compliment, that we actually mean it. And they will take it to heart, um, and they can trust it from God. And the second part. Um, we uh, we have uh, after he departs from uh, Jerusalem, he goes home, uh, and he is in Cilicia. I can say it so well in my mind. Yes, Cilicia. I can say it well in my mind. Thank you. Uh, in the region where he is, he is there for a good while until Barnabas comes and get picks him up, so they go they will go to Antioch and teach there for a while, and then they start their journeys around sharing the gospel with people and in one of those journeys they have shared with the with the Galatians. The last point the last point is that the beautiful part of twenty three uh, and twenty twenty two just underscores the, the whole thing that people don't really know him. Like they don't know him in person, they just hear about him. And then uh, twenty three says that they're only hearing uh, it said that he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. And 24, and they glorified God because of me. Um, Paul's goal is that sentence. Like, that is after he became a believer. Well, that is what he wants to do with his life. He wants to glorify God in telling people that Jesus is a Christ. The people he don't necessarily know, they are now glorifying God because God had changed Paul. Instead of a persecutor, he was now a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what amazing story that was. It led me to one question, and that was, Maybe you remember, maybe you don't, but who praised God when you were saved? Who of the round, who, who when they heard you changed, you, your, your life was changed by Christ? Who, who rejoiced with the angels in heaven? Maybe it was your friend, maybe it was your parents, maybe it was that neighbor who prayed for you so much. Who praises you now for being a faithful believer? Do, who does get who who does who who gives God glory for what Christ is doing in and through you? 
that was just like an encouragement to think about that, that there's the, in your story that's people around you that was so happy, that was so joy-filled when God worked miracles through you. I got a message uh, this week. Uh, somebody was commenting, I'm really thankful that you're there. Uh, And I was like, uh, yeah, it's probably good. I'm there. Uh, it, it's a, like, it's one of those things where you're placed somewhere and, and God gives you an encouragement that what you're doing is good because you're doing something that comforts and helps others. And I think that's, that's, really, that's really good. So who... Who praised God for you and what Jesus done in you? And we can reverse and say, who are you praising God for? Because you're seeing God work in them. Have you given praise for that? Now back to the one, back to the one, one that I thought was so hard. Uh, I still think it's hard, but it was beautiful that one time that it happened. Uh, Kailin came up with a good idea one time uh, to do something for one of the people that lived on the street. And the whole Bible study got in on it. And and we got a text message from her. And if you heard the story before, too bad. It's the only one I got. Uh, we had a text message from her saying, uh, thank you so much for what you did. I praise God for what you did. The person was an unbeliever. That was the first time I experienced that. And I was like, so your word is true. This has actually happened when you work through us to touch people's lives, people that don't know you can actually praise you. And I was amazed by that. And I think maybe there's something we should pray about happening more. Did you experience that? Have you experienced those moments? And how much better is that than lying? You know, the false gospels, no, no, no. But how much more that you see other people praise God for what he's doing in and through you or that other people did? come back to the last part where do we have the same desire as Paul that we in all our areas live with God as our witness so we don't lie because we know that God knows but instead it's God that's our witness and we praise him for the things that he is doing in and through us and in and through the other believers around us Even that we can meet together and worship God in song and giving and offering and even coming together. That we can live this life together. But life is not easy. I think we need to erase that. I have to stay focused, stay focused. Life's not easy. But Jesus is with us and we can encourage one another as we do it. Lies would say, life is easy. It should be easy. There's no problems. But that's not how life is. Life is in a broken place. It's not easy. And we have to overcome things through, with and through Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not you have no problems, you get whatever you want. No, that's a false gospel. The gospel is God is always there. He sees you. And he knows you. And as we said to the kids, Jesus has been here. He's been a kid. He's been an adult. He's experienced all the pains 
that we also experience. So he knows. Good news says he's sitting in heaven, interceding for us in whatever situation we're in. The good news is the same good news that Paul's been saying the whole time, that at just the right time, God sent his son, Jesus, to live, to die, and God rose him from the dead. He is the one that was looked for. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He gives himself up to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of God, our Father, to whom be glory forever. Amen. So that was today. (coughs) Today's text, God, not God, Paul, holding on to his authority to preach, pulling them back into to the gospel saying I live before God therefore I don't lie and now people were glorifying him no glorifying God because of what God had done in so let's pray together as I pray um, we'll have a time of communion afterwards so as we pray, you can pray along and just, is there any business we need to do? Is there anything we need to talk to God about um, before we come and share in the communion together? God, I thank you so much for, um, thank you that you are truth and you cannot lie. I just thank you so much. It's so freeing. It's so much freedom in that. I mean, we, we live a, we live in a lie. Uh, we live in a time where everybody's just saying all sorts of things. Sometimes we don't know what's true, what's not true. And Lord, I just thank you so much that you are truth. You cannot lie. You cannot deny yourself. Jesus, thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life, and that you're showing us who, who God is. Holy Spirit, I pray you continue to guide us. I pray you continue to fill us. I pray you fill us so much there's no room for lying. I pray we, as we worship you and praise you for the things that you're doing um, in and through us and in and through each other, we will praise you, God, for the things you're doing. I pray that we would only submit to you who actually created the real world and not a fake one. I pray that you will help us to hold on to the truth of the gospel in Jesus Christ. That it's you who do it. It's your gospel. It's your work in and through us. It's your efforts, not ours. Your salvation, not, our, not the one that we made up for ourselves. Lord, I do pray for a lot more instances where we are praising you for what you're doing in and through us and one another and as we will just as we pray you know pray for family members uh, neighbors friends to get to know you Jesus that we might just that we might with them and the angels in heaven praise you for saving them so we ask that in Jesus name Lord, I ask as we come to your table, if you come to reminding Jesus, <laughs> being reminded of what the gospel is and the picture of what the gospel is in, in your broken body and your shed blood, and we're reminded 
about who you are, God, and who you are, Jesus, and how you make a way for us um, to be reconciled to you. I pray you will root out anything we need to confess and we need to share with you, lay down, so we might come with humility and great joy celebrating your life and your death and that you are coming back. So we praise you and thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name.